You're listening to The Plan Podcast, episode number five. Today, we're talking about how to plan a great vacation, which is definitely one of those things that some people absolutely love. And then for others, it's a very stressful endeavor. So perhaps you're listening to this episode because you are an avid and experienced traveler who just wants some fresh tips. Or maybe you're listening because you've just started planning your very first adventure and are feeling totally overwhelmed. Wherever you're at, I'm hoping that today's episode will offer you some insightful tips from someone who loves to travel, but who first and foremost is a pretty avid planner and organizer. So I guess if that sounds fun to you, let's get started planning your next adventure. Thanks for tuning in to The Plan Podcast. We don't know everything, but we're putting together a plan to figure it out, one topic, an episode at a time. If your goal is to live better, do better, or be better, then this is the podcast for you. So grab your favorite pen, folks, and let's make some plans with your host, Danny Bruflot from Time is Honey. All right, Danny, let's get planning. Travel is one of those things that's certainly not for everyone. Some of us are definitely more of the homebody type, and I feel like I can kind of relate to both sides. For me, travel is a very important part of my life. It's something that makes me feel fulfilled and happy, and it is something that I am more than happy to spend my money on. I absolutely love seeing new places, experiencing different cultures, eating different foods, and I think if I'm being totally honest, I kind of thrive off the feeling of discomfort that you get from feeling out of place in a foreign country. I guess that's probably obvious since I up and (laughs) moved to one, which is a whole different episode of its own. But the point here is that travel is really vital for opening us up to new experiences, different cultures, and all the different ways of life that exist outside of our own bubble. A lot of people lack the funds or the vacation time to travel, and that is something I'm aware of and sensitive to. And I hope that today's episode might not only help you start planning, you know, the vacation of your dreams, but it might also help you discover how Two pretty practical people like Josh and I plan great vacations while still being mindful of limited vacation time or limited budget and how you could maybe take some of these tips and use them to make plans more locally or discover new things, cultures, and experiences that exist within your own neighborhood, city, and state. Over the years, Josh and I have taken some really great vacations and I have travel guides for a lot of these on my blog if you want more details. I think the first one that comes to mind is the time that we kayaked through the Exuma Keys. This is a little string of tiny, uninhabited islands in the Bahamas, and we spent our days paddling through crystal clear water, our afternoons playing frisbee on sandbars in the middle of the ocean, and our evenings camping on white sand beaches that we had all to ourselves, like we were the only people out there. Just thinking about it kind of transports me back. It was a really incredible experience. And that's one of those experiences where... We got pretty reasonable flights. We saved a lot of money by camping, so we weren't spending money on resorts. Um, We were in a kayak, so the only food we could eat and the only things we could drink had to fit in the kayak. Um, So the whole thing ended up being super affordable. We actually came home with a lot of cash um, that we had brought with the spend that we didn't even end up spending. Um, And then in 2016, we did a sabbatical month and spent a week in Japan and then three weeks in Thailand. That trip also was incredible incredibly memorable 
um, especially the 10 days we spent up in a tiny mountain town in northern Thailand called Pai. Um, it was just another really incredible experience that was really life-changing. And I have some travel guides and blog posts about both of those on my website, and I'll put the, the links to those in the show notes for today. Um, but of course, we don't have time for me to sit here and reminisce about each adventure that Josh and I have had in the 12 years we've known each other because we've been really fortunate to have a lot of them. And a lot of that comes down to good planning. Um, but I do want to say that our vacations have not always been super glamorous. And to be honest, we are not glamorous travelers. We have done a lot of camping, slept in garages, done things on budgets. We actually spent our first five wedding anniversaries visiting each of the Great Lakes, which at the time we lived in Wisconsin. So each lake was typically only a few hours away for us. And we'd spend a good chunk of the year planning these little Midwest road trips because they were some of the only trips we were taking. Um, And on most of these trips, we camped and biked. Biking is our form of cheap entertainment. And even though we were never going very far from home or spending a lot of money, Those trips are certainly among some of our favorites. Along with that, of course, we've traveled to 16 different countries together, and we've kind of planned a little bit of everything from one-night adventures a couple hours from home to a month on the other side of the planet, but our process for each trip is pretty much always the same, and there are some reliable tools and tips that we use to help ensure that we are always having a good time, always experiencing local culture, always having great experiences, regardless of the location, duration, weather, possible catastrophes, things like that. So without further ado, I'm going to dive in here and give you some processes and tips for planning a wonderful vacation. Our first tip is kind of a fun one. At least we think it's fun. (laughs) And it's to have a trip planning night. For us, this means that we get pretty excited about it. We come up with like a good cocktail that we make, put on some music, grab our laptop, sit down at the table and start planning. Don't feel like you need to plan the entire trip. That is definitely not the goal of this. It's just kind of a basic meeting to clarify what your goals are, what the budget looks like, the potential duration for the trip, And obviously, if you're traveling with someone, have a conversation about what they want to get out of it, what their budget is in case it's different from yours, um, how much available vacation they have. And it's just important to outline these things in the beginning since they can have a pretty big impact on what type of trip you're able to put together. So start with an honest conversation. Sit down, have this great conversation, do a little research on your laptop with like what areas might be more affordable during the season you're thinking of traveling and just kind of start taking some notes on what you want to do. And I recommend kind of doing this maybe four months out from when you want to travel, especially if it might be international travel. Four months is a good time to just kind of have this initial meeting, start thinking about things, and maybe you don't really take more action on it for a month or two, but Three to four months out is a good time to kind of have this trip planning night, as we like to call it. And an additional tip that we like to sneak in here is to remember that vacations don't have to be long to be great. In fact, we are huge fans of trips that allow us about 48 full hours in a new city. If you do your research and you put in a little effort on planning, 36 to 48 hours can be a really great amount of time to just roll into a new city, hit the ground running, get around, see a lot, and you kind of never have enough time to get bored, especially if you're traveling domestically um, within the country that you reside. We find that this makes us really appreciate the time that we're there. We kind of have one full day to get out and see a bunch and then one additional day to go back and see the things that we missed or maybe things we walked by that we wanted to see more of. 
And we never really get to a point where we're wandering around aimlessly or arguing about what to do or where to eat. So even if you feel limited by available vacation time, just take note that a couple days is plenty of time to see a lot. Like I said, if you plan it well, and I know people think we travel all of the time and honestly we don't, but we, over the years, we've always done a really good job of utilizing, um, holidays, three day weekends and kind of spreading our vacation time out. And we've done a lot of 48 to 72 hour trips that we've really appreciated to us. They don't seem short. It's kind of always the perfect amount of time to kind of get somewhere, see the city and get back out. So If your trip will will require a flight, so if you're going to be flying somewhere, our biggest recommendation is using Google Flights to find the best deals. The URL is flights.google.com, and it's one of the most powerful and user-friendly ways to find the lowest costs for flights. It allows you to set up email alerts for your itinerary so that you can watch how the price fluctuates over a period of weeks or months, which is super helpful. And it also allows you to see the prices on monthly calendars so you can see how the price is going to change or how you could maybe make it cheaper if you left on a different day. So especially if you're a little bit flexible, Google Flights is awesome. They also just rolled out a new feature um, in the last like month where you can say that you want to go somewhere for a week in February. So let's just say you know that your spring break is the 6th through 15th of February. You can just kind of plug that in and it can tell you what destinations are likely to be the most affordable. Or you can also say that you want to travel to the Bahamas sometime in the spring and it'll kind of produce those itineraries for you and give you kind of an overview of the best times to travel. So that's a really cool feature. And like I said, you can set up email alerts. And so like when I went home to the US in October, I just had a bunch of alerts set up for different itineraries. So maybe like the 15th through 30th of October or the 5th through the 15th of October and just different options since I knew I just wanted to be back sometime in October. And over the course of like six months, just kind of monitored those via email and then purchase one when prices went down. So it's super helpful. It's definitely what we use for booking flights and watching itineraries. Highly recommend it. Once you have your destination nailed down, I really like to create a Pinterest board, which I know sounds so like, I don't know, momish of me. <laughs> um, but I love to create a Pinterest board for every trip we take. If you look at my Pinterest account, you'll see boards for every trip we've taken and every trip that we're planning. Pinterest is a great place to find travel guides, itineraries, great images, restaurants you should visit. It's awesome. Um, so you can find content directly on Pinterest, but then you can also use the board as a place to organize articles, images, and maps that you find elsewhere on the web. You can also add your travel partner, whether that's your spouse, your sibling, your best friend, whatever, as a contributor to your board so that you can both add, view, and edit the content. Um, This is just where I like to organize blog posts, articles, everything I'm finding about our destination, even packing lists or outfit ideas for like what I might want to wear on that type of trip. Put it all on the board. That way it's all organized in one place and both Josh and I can view it or when I've planned trips with friends, I put them on as a collaborator. So Pinterest boards, really great tip for kind of planning your trip. Once you've kind of moved on and you start thinking about lodging and different activities, I recommend browsing Airbnb. You are probably familiar with them for lodging, which is usually a really great option and something we use a lot, but they also have a newer service called Airbnb Experiences, which is definitely worth checking out as well experiences are a great way to do something with a local instead of with a big tour agency or tour company. 
and it gives you a little bit more of a unique experience, um, at least from what we've seen. We've been using this a lot recently. We used Airbnb experiences to book a small group cooking class in Florence, Italy this summer. We also did a full day wine tour in Tuscany, um, booked an evening on a private sailboat in Barcelona. I really can't recommend these enough. And even if you don't book one, Browsing the experiences that are available in your destination can kind of give you a good idea of what types of activities or adventures you could maybe try planning on your own um, or look into the options for how to arrange them. So, of course, sometimes we use Airbnb for lodging as well. Oftentimes it ends up being way more affordable, especially if you're traveling in a group. Renting an entire home often makes more sense and it costs less than two or three hotel rooms would, but it's also great when it gives you access to a full kitchen so you can maybe eat some meals at home instead of eating out or it gives you access to things like uh, bikes, beach chairs, coolers. I know when we've rented like a beach home before or we rented a home in Austin, Texas, and they came with beach chairs and umbrellas and coolers. And it was great because then we were able to take those, you know, to the beach or to the lake with us. And it made the experience much more unique and authentic. So just little things that might make your vacation more memorable can kind of come with your Airbnb, and that's great. So make sure you check the show notes today. I have an offer from Airbnb that you can use if you are interested in trying it out. And my biggest tip with Airbnb for lodging is to always read the reviews and be kind of particular about it. Um, so only book lodging if the reviews are good and always compare pricing to a hotel because I know some people just really enjoy Airbnb and you kind of fall into thinking that it's always the cheapest option, but that's certainly not always the case. So always compare the price of the Airbnbs in that, in a particular neighborhood to the hotels in that neighborhood to see if it really is the most affordable option. So while we're planning, we also try to be super realistic about our personalities. <laughs> and I hope that we aren't the only people that have to do this, but Josh and I are both pretty motivated by productivity. I'm sure you couldn't have guessed that about me at all. And we both get a lot of enjoyment out of being productive, even when we're on vacation. And that doesn't necessarily mean working for our normal nine to five jobs, but we like to be productive or creative in a certain way. So although I know this doesn't apply to everyone, um, this just really helps us have a great vacation and we like to schedule in time to be productive in a certain capacity. For me, that might mean spending an hour in the morning drafting out a couple blog posts or for Josh, it might be getting on his computer and doing some programming. This is usually something we need to be more aware of on longer vacations because we can definitely go a few days without working. Okay. I don't want to make us sound like workaholics. Um, but if it's a longer vacation, a week or definitely the month we spent in Asia, we had to schedule in a few days where we were kind of doing work and feeling productive. So there are other examples of this that might apply more to you. Like if you know that you'll feel better and be happier and enjoy your vacation more if you work out each morning, that is something you should think about during the planning phase and make sure that you have time each morning or perhaps ensure that your hotel has a fitness center or your Airbnb is located maybe near a nice running path. So it's just kind of one of those things like know yourself, know how you like to travel and prioritize it because you want to feel your best and be your happiest on vacation. You don't want your vacation to make you crabby mess. So that's something that we do is always um, just kind of work in time to do a little bit of work or be productive in a way that makes us feel fulfilled. Another one of my favorite tips when it comes to travel is to plan a few meals that um, maybe you want to splurge on, like a couple of local restaurants that will be unique experiences, but then avoid eating out for every meal. 
I hope that makes sense. Dining out and trying new foods when we travel, it's one of our favorite parts, and I think it's one of the best parts of travel, but I also think that for the best experience, it's nice to concentrate your money and your time into a couple of really good dining experiences that you actually put some thought and planning into, you know, like look them up, do research, read the reviews, make a reservation. And then for some of those other meals, do things like food carts, local markets, making a picnic, taking cooking classes, or cooking local food at home. I think that this just helps you avoid wasting time and money at a bunch of mediocre touristy restaurants, and it allows for more authentic local experience. Another food-related tip that we love is to come up with a theme for your trip. For example, when we went to Philadelphia, we called it our quest to find the best Philly cheesesteak. And when we went to Austin, we were on a quest to find the best breakfast burrito. So yes, this means that we did end up eating a lot of Philly cheesesteaks and a lot of breakfast tacos. But I mean, honestly, (laughs) I'm not going to complain about that. It gave us a really fun theme to plan each day around. And it kind of just helped our vacations take shape and come together. And we really had just a great time doing it. So if you're a foodie type person, this is just kind of a fun way to plan a trip. All right, so I'm going to move on from the food tips because it's kind of making me hungry, (laughs) but the rest of these are a little bit briefer, so we'll just keep plugging away here. Next tip is pack light. Trust me, I know that this is not easy for everyone. I totally used to be an overpacker, but I promise that life on the road is so much easier when you figure out how to pack lightly and efficiently. The first time I went to Europe, which was back in 2005, I had to pay almost $100 because my bag weighed something like 80 or 90 pounds. I was going to Europe for a month and I somehow thought I needed that much stuff, which is just ridiculous to me looking back now. But especially if you're going to Europe where you'll likely need to get your bag on and off an airplane and a train and buses and carry it down cobblestone streets and up and down narrow staircases. So it definitely helps you if you pack lightly. Now, I travel with just a backpack, and for the past five years, this is the only bag that I've taken on vacation with me, including the month that we spent in Thailand, okay? So I packed for a month in a backpack, and also the kayaking trip that we did in the the Bahamas. This was the only bag I took with, and we had to bring our tent and our camping gear and enough dry food for four days, and we got it all in our backpacks. Um, We just recently went kayaking in Norway and also just took our backpacks on that one, which we also had to bring some camping equipment and like warm weather gear because it was cold there. So we had to have like our, you know, warmer coats and hats and gloves and stuff like that. Got away with it in this bag. So if this sounds like a damn miracle to you, <laughs> I want to assure you that it is possible. And I have an entire blog post that shows you the bag that I use, which is an Osprey bag. Um, it has a link to the bag if you're interested in purchasing it, as well as the packing cubes that I use. And I have a stop motion type video that shows you how I pack everything up. And it's actually from when I packed for the month in Thailand. So it shows you how I got everything in this one little backpack, which was all my shoes, all my clothes. It even had my camera equipment, my tripod my computer, everything. And so if that, honestly, if that sounds like some kind of magic, check the show notes for today. I've got that whole blog post for it. It'll be super helpful to you. And I promise you will be so much happier when you start packing smart and efficient and light. My next tip while you're on vacation is to disconnect from social media to some degree. And I know social media is my job. And sometimes people are super shocked to realize how much time I actually spend on it personally, which is not very much. 
For some people, vacation is the one time where they really want to engage on social media and they feel like they have fun things to share, so they want to be on it. And I think that's totally fine. If you are happy to be on social media when you're on vacation, that's awesome. But once again, it's my job. So when I'm on vacation, I don't want to be working, so I really prefer to just kind of disconnect. I usually turn off all alerts for my social media platforms and also for my email, just so I'm not being bombarded by them and kind of having that jump into my life on vacation. And I also don't usually post to social media in real time or throughout the day. I'll take photos and videos kind of as we go, but then I spend time at the end of the day to post just a couple of things. And again, this is just personal preference, but it's something that works for us and we enjoy it. And that way we're not sitting around on our phones all the time. Um, Kind of same thing with photos. So I'll take photos, you know, using my phone or my camera throughout the trip. And then I try not to sit around and just kind of go through them or waste time posting them while I'm on vacation. I curate and edit them during downtime. So maybe while we're on a train or we're sitting at the airport, maybe in the hotel in the morning or at night. But even that, I don't do that often. And then over the past couple of years, I've gotten into a habit of just posting a couple images on Instagram for each trip, maybe just a couple of my favorite shots. And then waiting until we get home from our vacation to just post like an entire album to Facebook. Again, it's just kind of a way of keeping my attention and energy on the vacation until we get home. So hopefully that's helpful. Just I think the important takeaway there is not to feel obligated to be sharing every aspect of your vacation with people online. I know some people love seeing it, but you can also share it when you get home. And it doesn't really matter if people know exactly what you're doing in that exact moment. So when we travel, we are not the type of people who go to the gym when we travel. Usually we might occasionally make time to go to like a fitness center or something, but usually we just try to fit in a lot of physical activity into the activities we're doing. What did I just say? We try to fit in a lot of physical activity into the activities we're doing. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with it. Anyway, so we'll do things like bike, whether that's bringing our own bikes or renting bikes, and we do a ton of walking. And we also just try to work in as much natural physical activity and healthy eating as we can when we travel. It makes us happier, healthier people and makes our vacations more fun. So when we travel, our favorite mode of transportation is usually walking. And I think that this is actually a really good travel tip. If you are healthy and able to walk a few miles at a time, walking is really one of the best ways to see most cities. It gives you the opportunity to really see and experience the different neighborhoods. Um, I can't tell you how often we've seen or discovered something while walking that we maybe never would have seen if we had been in a taxi or on a bus. And sometimes those things have turned out to be the highlight of the entire trip. So on most trips, we even will go so far as to plan an entire day that we basically call like walking day. And we'll just walk from one end of the city to another just to kind of get the lay of the land and see a few things along the way. So we might just kind of have a couple goals and just kind of map out a route and we wake up and go for it. Um, staying hydrated while you're traveling can be another challenge and people often ask me how I hit my water goal while I travel. (laughs) My biggest tip here is to bring your own water bottle along. I know that for me, this makes all of the difference. And then if the water in your destination isn't safe to drink, I recommend going to a convenience store or, you know, a local bodega and just getting a few gallons of water upon arrival. So that way you don't get home late at night and not have any water to drink. That's like the worst is having to go to bed on vacation without water or wake up in the morning without water. So When I'm traveling, I try to drink, um, 
you know, I might not hit my 100 or 150 ounce goal, but I try to definitely get 60 to 80 ounces every day, if not more than that. And something that helps me reach that is to have my own glass with and then try to drink 30 ounces in the morning before we head out for our activities for the day and then try to drink another 30 at night when we get home. That way I know I'm getting at least 60 ounces and I know that I'm probably getting some in with meals throughout the day. So I feel pretty comfortable that I hit a good goal. And That way I don't have to focus so much on drinking a lot of water while we're out and about when we might be busy or just far away from bathrooms and it can be kind of a distraction. So bring your own cup along if that helps you. Like I said, it helps me a lot. And then just try to concentrate on drinking plenty of water in the morning when you first get up before you leave and when you get back at night before you go to bed. Another way that we like to travel is what we call living like a local when we travel, we we have this little blanket that we bring with us that we actually bought in Amsterdam several years ago, and we call it our adventure blanket. And it's kind of small and light, and it's easy to pack, and so we usually bring it with us everywhere. We also bring our Frisbee or favorite board games. If we can, we bring our bikes whenever possible, and we do our best to just spend a day living like a local in the city that we're visiting. That might mean cooking meals at home, maybe going to a grocery grocery store or a local market to buy groceries. We'll spread out our blanket in a park and have a picnic and just people watch. Uh, We might go to kind of a divey bar and just like sit around and play cards. Um, Maybe, you know, lounge by a lake, grab a nap in the sun, Um, just bike around the way we would at home. So museums, historical sites, big excursions, all those activities that you typically do in cities, um, those are great and they're so much fun usually, but sometimes it's really nice to just get a feeling for what it would be like to live in the cities that you visit and this whole living like a local thing and just bringing some of the activities and things that you love to do at home and doing those in these cities. It's a really great way to just get a really authentic experience. And sometimes it can just be relaxing and kind of a nice break in the middle of a busy vacation to have a day where you just do some of the stuff you'd normally do at home. So don't feel like every day has to be planned top to bottom with activities and have all this structure. Just try living like a local once and see how your day goes. Okay, so one of my last tips is to remember that it's okay to spend time alone. (laughs) Even when you travel with someone you really love and enjoy traveling with, it is totally okay to split up and do your own thing. You're in a new and amazing place and hopefully you have your own passions and hobbies and you want to go out and explore and do things on your own and it's totally okay. When we were in Northern Thailand, we actually spent um, one entire day doing our own thing. I woke up in the morning, had just kind of a relaxing morning. Josh likes to get up early. So I think on this day, I like kind of slept in. I walked to a local cafe that I had been wanting to try that Josh wasn't super interested in. They served like all different kinds of toast. (laughs) And then I booked like a two hour yoga session with a local um, instructor and spent the entire day at her house. She had this beautiful yoga studio that overlooked a little lake and just had a great time with her. Um, She picked me up, took me out there. We did a yoga session. She brought me back into town. So I got like a fun little scooter ride around with her and while Josh while I was doing that Josh took our motorbike and like biked kind of out into the mountains and he did like a five mile trail run to a waterfall and at some point during the story he ran into like wild oxen (laughs) but the point is we both had a great time when we got back together that evening we went out for a nice dinner and just had a great time telling each other about our days so always feel comfortable splitting up and doing your own thing even when you're traveling with your spouse You don't always have to agree on every activity or restaurant. And in fact, you probably aren't always going to agree on it. 
So you might as well split up sometimes when it's warranted and enjoy activities of your own. So do the things you want. It's totally allowed. <laughs> okay. And I hope that some of these have been helpful so far. The last tip is just kind of a bit more complex. And I feel like it's a total like nerd alert situation where people are just going to like hang their heads and be like, what is wrong with these <laughs> two people? Um, and I don't expect everyone to get quite the same amount of joy as we do out of this. But for some vacations, we create <laughs> custom Google Maps. So on Google Maps, you can actually create a customized map for yourself. And on it, you can create different layers that have unique color schemes and unique icons. It's so fun and satisfying. <laughs> so for example, you can have a layer for restaurants. You can have a layer for cocktail bars or a layer for breweries, a layer for places that you want to take specific photos. You could have a layer for activities like museums or historical sites. Um, it's just a really fun way um, to organize every all the research that you're doing, especially for trips where you are doing a ton of research and you're finding like all these restaurants and stuff that you want to try to visit. It's just a great way to organize them. And I have a really good example of this for a trip that we did for Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'll put that in the show notes so that you can kind of see what one of these maps looks like and how you can use it. Um, but like an example of how this is useful is like if you are in a city and, you know, you come walking out of a museum in the middle of the afternoon and you realize you haven't had lunch yet and you're like, I'm starving. And you know that you had looked up 10 of like the best restaurants in Boston and you just don't know which one you want to go to. If you have already created a custom Google map that has those 10 restaurants on it, pinpointed on the map, all you have to do when you walk out of the museum is open up your map, locate yourself on it, switch to the restaurant layer, and you can see which of those restaurants that you have already like pre-approved and screened is nearest to you, and then directions on how to get there. You can easily see if they are open. You could call them. It just makes it really easy and efficient. And like I said, it can be a lot of time and effort, and I know it's probably more complex than most people want um, it to be, but it's a great way to organize a vacation and something that we really enjoy doing from time to time. So if that sounds really exciting to you, <laughs> you can see our example for Milwaukee in the show notes, and it's just a really cool way to get your trip planning all organized in one place. Um, I kind of think it's a little bit redundant to the Pinterest board because I think the trip Pinterest boards are also a great way to kind of organize everything centrally. So pick whichever one might work for you. I don't think doing both of them is that necessary. Okay, so those are my tips for planning a vacation. I feel like I have a lot more to say, but I want to keep it kind of brief. Um, this past summer, we also had the opportunity to travel with our families a lot. So we went to Italy with Josh's mom and Spain with my mom. So I feel like I could do an entire another episode about um, planning trips for your family and traveling with your parents and stuff. But We'll end it there. So right now I'm just going to recap what these tips were again, just so they're kind of fresh in your mind as you set out to plan the greatest vacation ever. So trip number one is to have a trip planning night and just sit down with your travel partner and outline some of the details and just kind of get a feel for what you want your trip to be about and kind of do that three to four months out. Two, use Google Flights to research and monitor flight itineraries and costs. Three, set up a collaborative Pinterest board. It's so fun, I promise. Um, tip four, Check out Airbnb for lodging and also for Airbnb experiences. It's a great place to find unique activities. Tip five, prioritize time for things that will make you happy, such as time to work on your computer, go to the gym, all that. Six, be creative with your meals. Don't feel like you just have to go to restaurants. Try picnics, cooking at home, food trucks, cooking classes. 
um, sharing meals, um, and then just make a couple reservations for restaurants that you really want to try. Tip seven, pack light. <laughs> and please go check out my other posts about packing. It's very helpful. Tip eight, disconnect from social media. So take photos as you go, post them when you get home. Don't feel like you have to be on social media all the time. Nine, be well while you travel. Walk as much as possible and build in exercise into your activities. Drink water in the morning and at night to help ensure you get enough and BYO water bottle if that will help you stay hydrated. Tip 10, remember that spending time apart is totally allowed and make time to do the things that are important to you, even if you're traveling in a group. And last tip, if you really want to nerd out, <laughs> consider making a customized Google map. It just makes all of that planning um, just very well organized and easy to access. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Plan, Pond, Plan Podcast. Hmm, maybe by the next episode, I'll finally be able to say that without <laughs> messing it up. Uh, it's really hard for me to believe that we aren't even a month into this project yet, and we've already surpassed 1,500 downloads, which blows my mind. I can't even believe it. And I just can't believe people care about what I have to say. But anyway, I hope that today's episode was helpful and has inspired you to start planning a wonderful adventure, whether it's thousands of miles away or in the town just over from you. You know, do a little bit of research, find a restaurant that you've never been to that's within a 30 mile drive and see what kind of itinerary you can put together around that um, and what kind of fun things you can discover along the way. So I cannot wait to see where you go and I cannot wait to tune back in next week. I don't know what we're talking about yet, but if you have suggestions, be sure to let me know. All right. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in and making some plans with us today. You can find the show notes for all episodes over at planpodcast.com. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to tell someone about it by sharing this episode with them and taking a moment to rate us and review us in the App Store. Don't forget, we've got plans next week, and we will see you then.